Welcome to Hot Breath Comedy Fam. On Monday, May 13th, I am teaching a clean comedy workshop. The last four I have taught sold out very quickly, so if you wanna learn about clean comedy, the business side, where the line is, how to write clean comedy, go to the link in the description of this episode, and we'll see you there. This is our weekly Q&A, so we are doing a live Q&A today, my friends, so do comment with your questions, comment with your preguntas, uh, Wasalu Gus said, I know Yoshi said to base jokes quality off of showcase. What about mics with audiences? Okay, good. We're getting some questions going here. So this is our weekly Q&A. So please do comment with your questions and we are happy to answer them. And we're going to get into Yoshi winning. No big deal. We'll get to it. But maybe we could start with uh, Wasalu's question what do you think he said yoshi said to base jokes off quality of showcases but what about mics with audiences so i want to be careful about uh that real quick so i think what i mentioned is that if you're at a mic at an open mic and there's nothing but comics there that's a hard barometer to say that your jokes work in front of real people not that comics are not real people but that's a hard transition to be like or like a hard uh barometer that your jokes actually work for real people if there's only comics there mm. now if it's a mic that has an audience that is a good place because you're actually getting audience feedback and audience reaction it's just comics are a weird audience to test out your jokes on because they're not necessarily paying attention to your jokes in that way and if you're making jokes for comics that's not a real audience so i always say your joke quality is better if you're doing some of your material at least in front of real audiences or in front of people that are paying to see you. Um, so I, I, I guess the best way to say this is, if there's a real audience, that's the best place to actually test the barometer of mm -hmm. your jokes. If it's only comedians, not that you shouldn't test any material, but just know comics are not a real audience. They're a subset of an audience, but they're not a real audience. So I don't know if I'm just skirting the issue or not, but I hope that helps clear it up. Yeah, yeah I think, yeah, that, that is the funny thing about doing these live streams every week is that people watch and listen and they remember yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <And> <laughs> what we say matters. Um, so that's something important to remember, but that is interesting. And this is my point of view is coming from, I would say that anytime regards to the audience, Anytime you're on a stage saying your jokes out loud, they're getting better. Like at the end of the day, yes. you have to be on stage so much. You have to say these jokes so many times. Like I don't even think till maybe, I don't even want to say a number because then people will, I mean, listen, I remember doing an open mic at, like at a bar at like on a Monday at 11. And I remember seeing Rodney Perry in there. Like, mm -hmm. and Rodney Perry's been doing comedy over 20 years, all this amazing things he's done. 
And I was like, dude, what are you doing here? And he's like, he's like, I'm a comic. He's like, I'm working, <laughs> you know, he's like, I'm working this out now. And now this same open mic, I saw many cool kids quote, come in here, see what the vibe is and then leave. You know what I mean? I, I firmly believe that no stage time is bad stage time, especially for the first several years of your so there's career. A, so here's the thing. There's a difference in stage time versus the reaction that you're getting from the audience and using that as the basis for feedback for your material. Okay, okay. Right? And here's the thing, that's, that's such a good point and it's a good clarification because somebody asked me about that this weekend at uh, in Florida. Somebody said, uh, they mentioned, man, I hate going to open mics because there's just nothing but comedians. And I said, open mics are needed so mm -hmm. you get your jokes out. You yes. have to get your jokes out so as many open mics as possible comedians or non-comedians in the audience you have to get used to saying your jokes into a microphone to people <laughs> as yep. often as possible um i think where it changes is whether you're going to use that feedback from the audience to say whether a joke worked or not that's where it kind of uh, is a okay bit. Does that yeah, make sense? Yeah, that does make sense. And really it like you, some people have different systems, you know, some people do a joke yeah. five times across mm -hmm. five different shows and see if it's worth keeping some 10, some do it for a few months and then we'll just be like, okay, fine. I'll stop doing it type deal, you know, but it is a law of averages that just the more you get on stage, the more feedback you'll get and the yes. more accurate because each literally the crazy thing about comedy is literally each show is completely like different. You can yeah. go to an open mic one night in front of all comics and everyone's on their phone and not really paying attention. You could do the same open mic the next week. And for some reason, everyone's engaged and really like giving each other productive. Like I've done some open mics where the comics are literally like there to help each other. And they're like actually paying yeah. attention and trying to make the stage time more productive. Like, yeah, but yeah, to gauge what's worth keeping or not. Yeah, that's, I mean, gosh, you do the joke at least 10 times, I would say, and then see how it feels and go from there. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least a couple of times. I think the key is don't abandon a joke if it's not getting a reaction. You just got to try it out in front of enough people Yeah, that are like, oh, okay, we've heard it. We've heard the setup. We've heard this punchline. And it's really around whether it's got legs or not. That's what I always say. Like, does it at least have legs? I'll say that's what I use. That's what I like about open mics with comics. Because at least comics, you know, hopefully you have like a couple of comics that you can kind of go to that you could be like, hey, was that trash? Or do you really think that has like legs? And I think that's important to have at least like some comedy homies that are real with you about whether a joke has legs or not whether joke has like enough for you to like pursue or not pursue and then you know that's where the audience thing also comes into play an audience will definitely let you know hey man mm -hmm. that was that's not great <laughs> yeah. especially if it keeps bombing um so yeah i think it is a weird dynamic when you start figuring out whether you're going to keep a joke or not keep a joke but that's why you keep working it out that's why you should try different jokes, different ways in different rooms. 
um you know like try it one way in front of comics try it a different way in front of audiences and then switch it the next time and see what happens yeah and i've i and i say this on like the the online class about writing but basically like following your sense of humor sorry my dog is slightly freaking out right now because he heard my wife outside but it's literally like if you believe if a joke isn't working but you believe something is there like give it time like give it a few months if you really believe that there's something there keep trying to figure it out keep trying to find new angles or perspectives in your writing that you can then try on stage and keep working at it and at a certain point if the joke isn't hitting like you want it to it's not saying get rid of it but just shelf it and let it ferment a little bit and let it mature a little bit and refine like a wine and then when you come back to it with fresh eyes, you may, it may unlock, you know, I've, you know, there's jokes that have taken years that I put to the side and then all of a sudden it comes back and it connects to this whole other bit that now becomes a chunk. So this is yeah. a marathon at, at yeah. every step. This is a marathon It's something interesting. I just heard it was, um, big J Okerson and Tom Segura talking about big J just released a comedy special and how he's starting over. And they were both talking about how, that feeling of like oh no like i've put all my material out there now i have nothing and the the fear with that and they have to go back to the grindstone of working out jokes trying them out refining them like even at their level they're going through those insecurities they're going through that process of like what am i gonna say what is the why does is this even gonna work or whatnot can i even do comedy anymore like at every level, we're all going through the same thing. So just know that you're not alone in this process and just yeah. just enjoy it. Touche. Fire, fire, fire. Yeah, let me get that one right fire, fire. there. Yeah, and Wasalu said, would you suggest trying out new jokes in the middle of a showcase set at a comedy club? I mean, yes. I wouldn't. You? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because here's the thing. Here's 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 what I say. And the reason I would, the reason I would, uh, and I think that's that's where that's where it it just depends on your like sensibility and your like sort of how comfortable you are. I will try a joke in front of an audience, not even an audience, like in front of a place that I have performed before. If it's like a brand new place, I I will not. If it's like a brand, but if it's like a place that I'm comfortable, like. I'm just comfortable in certain rooms and it doesn't matter like the people who is there. Cause I know it's not the same audience, but there's just some rooms that I'm like, Oh, I'm comfortable in this room. And yes, I will try a new bit, a brand new bit that I have not tried before in the middle of my set, because I know that I have the audience in terms of everything else has sort of worked. So it's kind of like, I just want to see if this has like some level of potential, but I'm only doing that if I'm feeling myself, even if I'm not like, I I would say I don't plan on doing that, but if like something inspires me or like I'm on a roll, I'm like, Oh, I'm, I'm good right now. I can try something completely new. And even if it fails and even if it like bombs, I know that I've got the room and I've got the material to recover in the middle of the set, like, and be okay with that. So I don't mind doing that. Um, now I don't do it often, but I've definitely, you know, probably in the last couple of months, I've done that a couple of times 
where I just had a nice little idea of just something. I was like, let me just see if this will work in the middle of this. Okay. Yeah. Personal yeah. preference. Yeah, yeah. If you cushion it between jokes, you know, works. I mean, there's no no harm, no foul. Yeah. But I was listening. I was reading his as like, it's like a showcase at a comedy club. And if you're like a newer comic, they just want to see if you can kill or not. They don't really. I mean, honestly, like comedy club bookers aren't like, oh, they're doing the same jokes and they're killing. Oh, I don't want to book them because I know they can kill consistently and are reliable. Like every booker I've interviewed, it's like, we just want you, because people will ask like, should I do, if I send a tape to a booker and they book me, should I do that same material? And it's, yeah, like every booker I've interviewed and me being a booker, it's like, yes, yeah. you booked, yes. you're booked because you've killed oh, that, that material. material. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they're booking you because of that. So yeah. and at the end of the day, it's personal preference. Yeah. If you want to, if you want to throw up a, a Hail Mary in the middle of your set just to see if it sticks, go for it. If you want to just stay in the pocket and mm -hmm. just play the the greatest hits, go for it. It's kind of yeah. it's kind of personal preference at the end of the day because I've I've followed the rules of like hang out at the comedy club, follow up with the booker, blah blah blah, and it didn't pan out for me. I know other people who just fell into getting booked at a comedy club every weekend. Like for sure. yeah. there's literally yeah. at the end of the day, it's like just yeah. There's Just no formula. Keep getting funny. Yeah. yeah at the end of the no day. Formula. I mean, I think it's, you know, uh, somebody mentioned the uh, HBO special with Seinfeld. Oh, yeah. Jerry did. Yeah. He called it a program, too, which really shows his age. <laughs> <laughs> the old HBO program. <laughs> My favorite thing about it is I remember a friend of mine um, went to go see Jerry Seinfeld. And they're mm -hmm. like, man, it was the greatest show. And then the next year, they were like, oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get closer and I'm going to get even better seats the next year. And you know what Jerry Seinfeld did? The same greatest hits. They were yeah. so upset. They were so upset. Not realizing that Jerry just has a philosophy of, no, no, no. I play the greatest hits. I don't care from what generation it is. And yeah, will I have some new stuff in there every once in a while? Sure. But it's about the greatest hits. Whereas versus somebody like Louie, is like, no, 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 no. You'll never hear me say those old stuff. I play new things. Every time you see me, it's a new, it's the new hour kind of thing. And it's mm -hmm. like, but don't get it twisted. Jerry's still working on new material. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's not like he's just never going to perform the new material. It's just that he just has a different philosophy about how he performs it. And some people, I, there's some comedians that, uh, only play the greatest hits and people go watch them over and over and over and over again because yep. of the greatest hits. Yep. Yep. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. I think we are, I don't know if, you know, I don't know too many comedians, not like Jerry Seinfeld who are greatest hits comedian and only play the greatest hits. I feel like just maybe this newer generation. Now I sound old. This new generation of people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's all new material, crowd work clip. How can I go viral? Yeah. <laughs> Have my notes on stage. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. I saw who it was. It was Andrew Schultz and someone, dang it, talking about how clips 
have ruined comedy. This was Andrew Schultz that said this, the guy who started Clips Comedy. Clips. I can't, yes. gosh, yes. I can't remember what that was from. But it was funny to hear them talking about it as like old heads. Like, man, Clips are everything now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but it's it's just, I think sadly we've, we've all fallen victim to what's working and what's getting us more eyeballs. And at the moment, Clips is getting more eyeballs. You, you know what I'm saying? So like stand-up clips and not just regular stand-up clips, Clips with crowd work is getting more eyeballs. And that's crowd just, work is interesting, yeah. And that's just, that's just the algorithm, you know what I'm saying? So at the moment, the algorithm is kind of dictating all the stuff that you're kind of seeing right now. But that's because people are recognizing, hey, this is how I'm getting as many eyes on my material as possible. If you get, you know, 40,000 uh, views on a crowd work clip, well, your hope is that that translates into new fans. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah, but it's tough, man, because then it's like you're a new comic. You go viral. Now you're selling tickets. People expect you to do an hour off a crowd work clip and you have an open mic seven, which really is probably three on a good day, you know, yeah. I'm just saying, yeah. I'm not saying don't post clips, do whatever you want to do. I'm just saying there's that side of the game as well of like, eh, you know, what do you want to be out there forever? What do you, like, what do you, what do you want to be known for? But I mean, at the end of the day, you know, it, it's, it's yeah. kind of your personal preference. I don't want to say get funny and all else will take care of itself. Um, so that's what Barry Katz said on the podcast. Be undeniable. It's like, okay. Yeah check okay cool be undeniable i'll i will work on that yeah yeah but yeah. then I that's mean, what nate bargatze says and it took him 20 20 years and now he just sold out bridgestone arena so there is something to just like hey just get good and people will find you type deal yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i mean it is i think top of the scale Number one thing is to get funny and figure mm -hmm. out funny. that has not changed. Now, the mechanics of how you put your material out and how you go viral and how you get more people that, you know, that that's changing damn near every every week. Like what uh, <laughs> what platform do I put it on? All this other stuff. But what hasn't changed is you do have to just have material and people have to resonate with it and you do have to be funny. And mm -hmm. I think I think it might have been the Barry Katz one about that's table stakes. Funny is table stakes. Funny is the minimum. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if you're not even good at that, like the other stuff just isn't going to come. Um but I mean, I'll say there's there's comedians even like in the Hot Breath network that have found viralness in different mm -hmm. ways. And have stepped up and become even funnier because the they've showed up when the time showed they like they started booking. Next thing you know, you're like, oh, I'm booking shows. I gotta get funny. You know what I mean? Not mm -hmm. not that they weren't funny before, but like to a certain point. So I think it's just a good yeah, it's just a good lesson, man. Being funny and the work and the set and the material that never changes. Yeah, and Jerry asked about your World Series set. But let's get there's a few questions before that. I just want to tease it for people oh. watching. We're gonna get to the we're gonna get to what happened this 
this weekend. Yeah. I'm so excited. Um, but uh, Jack Allen asked, do you think tags on jokes have to get as good a response as the initial punch or better to justify keeping them? If it gets laughs, but not as strong a laughs as the punch, do you drop it? Well, there's a basic, there's a basic like structure of a bit that it's like you need to end on the best laugh. So like a joke should like crescendo into, I mean, applause would be ideal, but there is a progression to a joke. You don't want to have a big punch and then a bunch of tags that just kind of fade out type deal. You want like each thing. I think was it uh, the joke doctor calls them toppers. I think it's a yeah. common industry term, but it's like you want to top. So you want your tag to actually add to the joke and build on the laughs and not like take away from it. Yeah. And the thing about tags and toppers, <laughs> I do like joke doctors uh, reference <laughs> the name of it. The thing about toppers is that because from a psychological perspective, because people are already laughing, it's easier for them to laugh at the next thing right? It's easier for them to laugh at the tag. You're kind of getting them into a rhythm of your same rhythm. So you're, the next tag, it's not necessarily should be funnier, but should have a better reference to the punchline than maybe the joke itself. But it should definitely crescendo your laughter to where you're like, ha 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 kind of mm, thing. Yeah. And like you said, like where you're getting like an applause break. That's definitely the key to i say all tags i mean and i think i told you this uh george wallace mentioned six tags that was his rule he said six mm. tags on everything and you're not that you need them all but just have them and he said he would work out which one would work and i saw him do two shows and i saw him do two tags on one show and then i saw him did five tags on another and when he did those five tags the crowd was in stitches. They were mm. just, they lost it. They were, cause it was just bam, bam, bam. It was just like this crescendo. And yeah, did he get a pause break at the end of it? Absolutely. Because it was just killing them with the tags. And he said, you just gotta know when to pull it out versus when to like not do it. And I think when he did it the first time, he realized that it wasn't that big of a laugh. So he just did two tags. It still worked. But the second show, when he did the five tags, you could just see like the room just like lit up from those five tags. Vavoom. Um, Bobby, Bobby had a question. Um, what's the best way to tell a venue owner that they need to move their stage without offending them? It's just a mic and carpet. Um, no disassembly required. P.S. Because make venue owners don't want advice from women. How do I get heard? Because it's hurting everybody in the show. Oh, many. Oh, she probably met many venue owners, don't worry. Uh, oh, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd probably say maybe come at it as a collective rather than come at it as an individual. Maybe like go up to the venue owner together with other comedians, even in a group, and say, hey, um, we would just find it more reasonable if we were to move the stage here. What do you think about that? I mean, you can have a leader, but like if you go as a gang, I think it may be a little easier. And that's just me sort of just thinking off the top that as working with other venues, especially at an open mic, they tend to respond because they know that, you know, 
the the comics are part of the clientele because if they don't have the comics they won't have literally anyone <laughs> there so right if you can them as a group that might work a little better but you know venue owners are a different kind of personality so try that if that doesn't work then maybe you know i also say hit up the people at the bar or tell the bartenders or tell people that work there uh-huh. and get them mm-hmm. to sort of give them the information. So it's kind of like the telephone game. Use somebody that you know that they'll listen to mostly. And I think that would work. Yeah. And probably the number one thing when it comes to producing a show is picking the right venue and making sure that it's a venue that it, the venue should care about the show as much as you do. Like it should be a collaborative effort. There should be, conversations around okay this show did this what can we do for the next one that'll make it better or how do we market this one and how can we do better on this next one or maybe we should move it around a little bit and like the best shows are the ones that are collaborative within the venue and the venue is as invested in the show as you are that's from personal experience and from interviewing so many show bookers but if you approach this venue owner bobby not from a place of you're doing this wrong. Let me tell you how to do it. But like, based on your experience as a comedian, I have seen other shows set up like this way to actually do better. What do you think about trying moving the stage over here or whatnot? Like not coming from a combative place, but like Mm -hmm. I enjoy working together. I've seen other shows have success with this. What do you say we give it a shot and make this show hopefully a, a bigger success, you know, coming from a place of empathy and like just, you know, you're not telling the restaurant owner how to sell chicken tenders, you know, but you're there as a comedian, like, ooh, let's see how we can serve comedy the best way possible. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, that's a good approach. I think it's about empathy is the good is a good word there. Like how and here's the thing, restaurant owners like it's not like most most of them aren't gonna be like, Oh, that's a terrible idea. I mean, I, I have a hard time believing they will be like they would say that unless they just have something stuck up their wuha or something. But I, I would say most people would listen, Ooh. especially if it's an open mic and they're mm. trying to get more people into the place or trying to get, you know, just a better show overall. Oh, great. I guess Bobby's talking about the show we're doing. We're doing a show in Villa Rica together at a brewery. And she's like, oh, great. We can collectively talk to this. <laughs> this weekend. Oh. That's called a setup. That's called the open setup. Well, we'll see how this show goes. <laughs> the okie doke. Uh, Oblong Services says, Shalom. What's goody, fam? Shout Salad Cream Boy. Hey, Toko Carlson, say something funny. <laughs> <laughs> he just called me Toko Carlson. Dude, at different... Like I look like different people at different hair lengths. Like whenever I have shorter hair, I get called certain things. And ever longer hair, I get called certain things. I can't escape that all white people look the same. For sure, especially your facial features. You have, <laughs> you have a generic brand of white. <laughs> There's a generic brand of white that just fits your brand. You know what I mean? It's yep. <laughs> Facts. Yeah. yeah, for sure. There's like four types of white. You're definitely probably one through three. You know I can I mean? check Just some boxes four. there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
not other. I, I could check everything but other. There's no other here. That's for sure. I'm, I am no other. I yeah. Am, <laughs> I, I am original. <laughs> we, the, we the OG around here. That's hilarious. Uh, Dan Conroy asked, I think this was in relation to us talking about open mics versus real audiences. How do we find a real audience? <laughs> it's a legit question. It's a very legit question. I mean, for a while, it may just be open mics. Like, and like, especially if you're in like a smaller town, maybe or in a, a scene where you're not quote in yet. It may be a bunch of open mics that may be comedy open mics, music open mics, poetry open mics. I've performed on karaoke nights. Like I've I've done it all coming up, you know. So if you're not really getting booked or whatnot, but you want to, you can be more proactive about going to book shows, introducing yourself to the booker, and being like, I'm a comedian and I, I love what you're doing. If you ever have any spots, I'd greatly appreciate it. Or Hey, I'm a local comedian here. What is the best way to get to contact you with my tape about maybe doing this show sometime or approaching it that way or doing your own show is another route as well, where you start producing your own show and start building an audience that way. There's a, there's a few ways to kind of get the juices flowing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think real mm -hmm. audience comes from marketing and that is a two-way street where you as a producer has to market and then the venue also has to do some level of marketing if they're trying to get a real audience email lists work if you can try to find a way to get emails from people at the show most mm -hmm. people that have come especially to like a brewery show or like a small show usually come because they're already regular visitors of the venue so I also say yep. it's really good to just advertise at the venue that there might be like a showcase show coming or there might be a, um, you know, something happening, you know, every first Friday or every second Saturday, whenever your show's happening, try to work the actual club itself or the venue itself, because if the regulars there, then they're probably down to be like, oh, there's going to be comedy here mm -hmm. this weekend. Let me check my schedule and see what happens. So yeah, I think that's a good idea. Exactly. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's, um, a few, a few things to look for in a venue is like, do they have, do they already have kind of a local following or, or are they actively promoting what they're already doing? Are they already doing live events? Are they doing music? Are they doing bingo? Are they doing karaoke? Like, are they already kind of doing live events that comedy would just kind of fit into their overall, kind of marketing plan in general and not trying to build a venue from the ground up, but kind of meet a venue where they are that is just as jazzed about the event as you are. I cannot stress that enough. Making sure that like the venue cares as much about the show as you do because Facts. running a show is already a lot of work. And yeah. if it's the venue's not helping out at all, it's going to make it miserable. And you do comedy because it's fun. And that will ruin all the fun immediately. Yeah. <laughs> it's the anti-fun. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And it takes time. You know, if you want to start a show, you kind of plant the seed in your mind. And now everywhere you go, you can kind of start to stake out like, oh, would this be a good venue? Or that maybe 
you know, let me walk around town a little bit and see like, or I'm at this restaurant. Ooh, I wonder if we could set up over there. You just start looking for it and you'll find it. But it's better to take the time to find the right venue than try to rush into it because, oh, I want to start my own show now. It's like, well, give it some time. You can find the right venue and you'll do that show for years instead of just like a month or two. And then you end up resenting the entire place, you know, so because <laughs> yeah. running a show is no joke. Like, I think sure. it was Kyle, the guy who owns Don't Tell Comedy. He yeah. said on the podcast that it's like his advice to um, anyone that wants to produce a show is to don't do stand up comedy because <laughs> you can't do both successfully. Like, there, it's just so much work to produce your own show. Um, that's why co-producing can be so valuable like Yoshi and I will do because it's if you can co-produce yeah. and find at least one other person to do it with you that'll save a lot as well for sure yeah yeah I mean and there's I know a lot of good co-producers like Holly and Amber here mm, in town yeah and they co-produce and killing it but I think that's just it's a it's a good way like to know your strengths versus like what you prefer not to do right and so I think just however you can make the work less and then just use your strength to make the show all that it can be. But it's so important for the venues to actually be invested in the success of the show as well. That is very important. Kind Bud Danknug said, is this live? It feels like a replay. Well, <laughs> with a name like that, I'm not surprised <laughs> that it feels like a replay. I'm sure your memory is not the best. That is such a that is such a dank. But is this live, bro? Is this is this live right now? What, yo? This is trippy, yo. This is this feels like a replay. There's no way Tucker Carlson's giving comedy advice now. What is happening? Steve said I look like Brett from the animated show Inside Job. I don't know what There's that is. So That's References. There's so many references. It's just like whatever generic white dude. <laughs> Let me see. I'm gonna Google this guy and see. Are you gonna, What's his name? Are you Brett? Are you gonna Google generic white dude? Hilarious. <laughs> okay, so here's Brett. Sorry for the podcast listeners. You can watch this on YouTube. Oh my God, I did just Google generic white guy and three of these people look like you for sure. No! <laughs> oh, let me see. Oh, I can't. Can I not pull it up here? Can I not pull up the screen share for people to see? Oh, well, it's, it's all right. You, you don't want to see. You guys don't want to see it anyway. Yeah, you guys don't. but the live stream like joel what are you doing right now <laughs> i think i can 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 um vavoom okay we're one step closer here <laughs> all right never mind if you google brett from inside job it, it's a cartoon i look like a cartoon i've heard fix it felix before this is great. How interesting. 
It's fine. Don't worry about it, everyone. Oh my God, that is so true. <laughs> what, that I look like him? Oh, there it is. Yes. <laughs> there it is. They can see it live now. Okay. Yes. <laughs> That is very funny. <laughs> that is totally worth. That was totally worth pulling up. That was totally worth pulling up. That is. So- I don't know what show this is. Yo, all I'm saying is book funny. your boy. All right. If you need a generic white guy, holla. I'm the plug. Mo, all of my acting experience has basically been as the generic white guy. So holla at your boy. That's so funny. That is hilarious. Ugh. Cartoon Brett from Inside Job. Well, thank you, Steve. I really appreciate that. That means a lot coming from Steve, who also looks like a generic white guy. So I guess real recognize real. <laughs> um. Oh, I was looking at the actor who is Brett. (laughs) He's very different than you. (laughs) Oh, like the voice actor? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've never even heard of this show. Oh, oh, and um, oh, Jeff Cohn said, late to the game, way to crush it at McCurdy's last week, Yoshi. Okay, let's, we're, we're almost there. Let's, let's run through a few more questions. What do you say? Yeah, let's do it. Do we need a timer? Do we need a timer? Because we will run. Um, so we got Bobby's, we got Dan's. I know Oz had one. Let me make sure there wasn't one before that. Uh, da, 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 da. All right, let's 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 run through a few here. So Carol Freeman, tips for getting an audience back or resetting if all your normal jokes that get laughs aren't working. Oh, that's a good question. Um, I saw uh, Chris set it off Jones. I saw him at Star Bar one time. Mm-hmm. And he was killing the crowd, killing the crowd. And then he ran into a joke that just, just did not do well. And what he did afterwards, I thought was just absolutely magical. Because what he did is he, he basically said, I love that you guys came out here and collectively decided that I was not worth the laughs. And what it did is that it made the audience become the butt of the joke, but collectively they all agreed on the exact same thing, which is he was not funny. And I thought that was such a good, like, just something in the chamber. Just have something to prepare for when those times happen mm-hmm. to then reset the room, I think is just a good tool in the toolkit. Yeah. I had a joke that was like, Oh, that joke killed in front of my Furbies. Um, yeah. something I would say, so you can have these saver lines, but also something that, uh, Chris did there is he kind of like addressed the elephant in the room. So he was like, Oh, I love how we all agreed not to laugh at that. Now yeah, <laughs> I had a, I had a joke. I had a set. I'll never forget at uh uptown where i was killing and all of a sudden stopped like i just everything just started dying and then i like i stopped the set and i literally like leaned into the audience and i was like where did i lose you i was like where did we go wrong here 
like, was it this joke? Was it because I said this or that? Like, and I was like reversing the set. Like, where did I lose y'all? And I really like got real in the moment and just like had a conversation with the audience about what happened? How do we get here? How can we move on from here? And I actually was able to recover. Now, not necessarily you'll recover every time from that, but it's a way to actually create an authentic connection with the audience and actually have an authentic moment that may or may not need to laughter, but it makes you stronger and more confident on stage because you're actually kind of breaking through your script and like, okay, what's happening here? What are we doing in this moment? And it's real and authentic. And that's what the audience appreciates. And it makes you present that you just, you didn't realize like, because you don't want to sound too robotic on stage. So I think right. it's just a good lesson to at least make sure you address it. But if you can address it with a joke, whether it's canned, whether it's in the moment, it's always helpful. And it's a good way to let the audience in on knowing that, yeah, we all recognize what's going on here. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I hope that helps there, Carol. But it's, yeah, it's it's a process. Like, but I think starting there and addressing the elephant in the room will will help tremendously of like just you being more confident when those moments happen. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of time when we're like, oh, the audience hates me, they're just they're just they're there. They're just waiting on the next joke. They're not thinking, oh, that tag didn't work. That we hate this person. <laughs> they don't know a joke doesn't work unless you tell them at the end of the yes. day. So yeah. Yeah. Um, take that take that with perspective as well, because sometimes the set is just you keep going and you eventually win them over. But I mean, it's tough, Yoshi, because a lot of this is you just got to be on stage a lot. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like at a certain point, it's like you just have to fail so many times that you understand, oh, I've been in this moment before. Here's how I can recover from it. Because 50 other times before this, I cried and hated myself for a month. Like, that's, sure. that's just yeah, the yeah. raw reality, dude. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the, reps. it's the reps. Yeah. It it's the, the reps, reps of yo. Not know of knowing that you've seen and you've played this, not even played it, but it's happened to you before. Right. Uh, I always tell people, if you have a bomb, if you have a bomb set, do whatever you can to do another set quickly after that bomb set as possible. So mm-hmm. you don't have the taste of the bomb just sitting there with you for too long. You just got to get over it. But the best way to get over it, another set. Best way to get over that, another set. And it's yep. just get those reps in. And I, that's, yeah. that's a big part of why like the culture of hot breath is just comics helping comics and being very positive and supportive. Because, yes, we do have classes and workshops. But if you don't apply what you learn onto the stage, like the the really learning the craft of comedy is being on stage a lot it's doing these open mics at 1 a.m on a tuesday when you have to be up for work at seven it's like so if you can have a supportive community around you throughout this grind that is comedy then it's going to make it a lot more fun and you're going to develop a lot faster but there's really no way around the work no way sorry (laughs) no way around the work there's really not uh, but these tips are here to help, but you, you just have to like take them and like apply them basically. For sure. Um, for sure. Uh, Oz, how do you cope with the bitter petty people 
in the business that think everyone is out to get them, is it just me or does anyone else run into these people? <laughs> I love we're literally like, Hot Breath is positive and supportive. And you're like, what about the people that aren't? What about those people? <laughs> uh, I mean, honestly, just, just know that those people will exist. But those people don't determine your future. They don't determine your past. They don't determine anything about mm -hmm. you. They're just there. Uh, I think this is one of those cases where only control the things you can control and the things mm. that are within purview. Everything else, you know, is it the serenity, the serenity clause, uh, or the serenity prayer? Uh, are we going to AA uh, here? Is that, yeah. <laughs> is it like, yes. uh, I know you're talking about though. God grant yeah. me the ability yes. to read this. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. Yeah. Yeah. That's the key right there is just you're not going to be able to control so many of those petty people. Those people are petty because they've gone through some stuff, and they might have a reason to be petty, but it's not your issue to figure out. Yeah. Um, I think the big thing for you is just – things that you can which is getting good at comedy being nice to people networking uh really the stuff that you can actually have a positive impact from which is i can get good at my material i can mm -hmm. go network with people ask people questions i can get tips i can do all the work part of this and yeah there might be just an a-hole at the club who's just like man you're not funny but he's not going to affect everything that you, you are doing. He's just one person. So yeah, try to, if possible, stay clear of those people. <laughs> you don't have yeah. to always be around them. Be nice, be funny, focus on what you can control. Exactly. And be, yeah. that's why hot breath yeah. is so positive and supportive because I came up and there were a lot of these types of people. So hopefully the goal was people hear this show and start to kind of, infiltrate their own local scenes with that positive supportive vibe that we're all in this together and i mean comedy is hard enough as it is so being mean to other comedians only hurts yourself as well yeah. but you're not going to change people just focus on what you can control which is just being nice and getting funny big thanks big yes big. well let's get to your um I mean, let's get to your weekend. What do you think, Yoshi? I mean, this is a big, this is a big deal. This is a big deal. I mean, tell, tell, I don't want to overplay it here, you know, but I mean, tell the people what happened, what's going on with you. You were down in Florida this past weekend making moves. What, what, what's popping here? Yeah. So I was at the World Series and, I'm in the uh, Sword Series. They pretty much bring like 40 comics uh, to every location. And mm -hmm. there's like different rounds within those, uh, within the shows. And I was on the Thursday show. And the Thursday show is like the first round of the second. It's the second round, the first of the second round. And two comics go from each of the second rounds the final and so i placed first in this in the the thursday show and uh it was a good it was a good show um 
I think like, you know, after the shows, I'm always like in my head about this stuff, but I would say the biggest lesson for me is just, just like, just consistency and like, just really work out the material that, uh, that you think is a showcase. There's definitely an element within the World Series, and I think anytime you're doing like a showcase or like you're performing for bookers, where they want your best stuff. And when you're performing your best stuff, it's just good to make sure that it's like top notch, your best Mm -hmm. stuff. So for me, you know, this is material that I've had over the eight years I've been doing comedy. Some of it comes from like year one, some of it comes from like three months ago, but it's like my best stuff. And so I think it's always important that you are just displaying and showing your best whenever you're in front of bookers or you're doing contests. And, you know, contest and comedy is just kind of a weird thing. But at the same time, it's it's just a part of the process sometimes of just doing what you know to be, oh, this is like, it's like the highlights reel. Like a basketball player can't just do a highlights reel and show you his best stuff like while watching just him. do a you highlights. almost have to put it all together so i think this is what really the world series and any really contest is about is put all your good stuff together and then perform it and so it did i mean i, I would say one of the biggest lessons for me in the last like couple of years is i've figured out how to move my best material into like different orders to make sure that the when I'm leaving the audience, I'm leaving with like the biggest laugh, right? Uh-huh. And so, so that's I mean, I probably didn't learn that till like two years ago. <laughs> but like, I used, my best stuff used to be like in the middle, and then I'd you know what I thought was the best I'd leave to the end, but I literally went back and watched like ten tapes and literally check the decibel levels of where <laughs> laughter was the biggest and it was uh-huh. always on this one joke and i was like why am i not putting this at the end and then i just started putting it at the end especially in a five minute material but like part of it is like my material sort of is chronological where i tell you a little bit about my past a little bit about my present and sort of just so it's got a chrono- chron- chronology to it but the joke itself didn't live on its own. So after I started moving it to where it was living on its own, then I got the biggest laughs at the end. So, but yeah, uh, it was a good set. That room is just rocking. It was 300 people in for all like six shows. God. It was nuts, dude. Yeah, I've McCurdy's heard McCurdy's is killer. In Sarasota is one of the best clubs in the country. Just Yeah, that's up. an OG so, club. They've been around since the old days. Yeah, just good, good people, good crowd. Like, I mean, definitely old people, but man, they, they love comedy. They love comedy there. I mean, and here's the thing: these the two shows that we had, uh, or the one shows, like it starts like at six or seven. Like they're an early crowd. They get to bed. They got to get to bed by like eight thirty. Like Amen. if you, <laughs> you know Amen. I mean? like, they're not messing around. <laughs> Oh, dude, I'm doing three o'clock shows. I'm telling you what, dude. I'm. That's when that that's when y'all know your boy is on. I'm doing three o'clock shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Period. But it was a good show, man. Just a good show, and then 
I got it happening all again this week. There's an Atlanta World Series. and Yeah, are you going? Yeah, yeah, I'll be there. I'll be there too. I don't know if anyone watching right now or listening to the podcast is going to be there, but um, yeah, let, yeah, let's connect. Cool. We always meet hot breathers at always, these, yeah. uh, especially be, at World be, Series, dude. We deep yeah. out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, what? I mean, you're, you're, you're playing it very cool. I, I mean, you, you've been doing World Series for a while. And you, you yeah. hit it. I mean, you won this round. So, like, did you, like was it just moving the joke to the end? Or did something different? Like, what? I don't know. You've just been kind of working towards this for a while of, like, this goal of you want to you wanna win a round and then go yeah. on and hopefully win the festival. So, like, yeah, yeah. did you do something different? What are you feeling? What have you learned? Like, you're being very, yeah. like, cool. I think the biggest thing is just not to get in my head about it. does that make sense like it's just trust the material more than anything and here's the thing like what's great about the world series is man the notes that they give you are just spectacular right and yeah they're all awesome. Jason from the world series gives you like just deep notes and the notes that i got was very much the same that i felt on stage so knowing that that's where it was I think for me, it was like, okay, then I'm doing the right thing. I think the biggest thing that I've recognized from the show and doing the World Series and win so I didn't win Sarasota. Like I didn't win the entire Sarasota, but I won my round. And then the top six, like I did well, but man, the competition was deep, dude. I didn't move mm -hmm. on to the top three, but I didn't feel bad about my set. I was very happy with my set. It was just fire comedians on the show that I was, it was just like, I mean, could I have done better? Sure. But at the same time, I was happy with what I did because right. I went in there and performed the best stuff that I could. Could I have done something different? Sure. But there was not any, like, I gave them the business is the best way I could describe it. That's great. It yeah. And that show is just like comedians were just funny, dude. Like it was just that night just was like, I mean, like if you watch that night of comedy, you would have been like, oh my God, like everybody was in stitches and everybody destroyed that crowd. So it was just like one of those things where you're like, all right, this is just what it is. And I, that's the good thing about the World Series. Sometimes I can never tell you who I think won because there'd be like five or six people they just murdered the crowd. And you're mm -hmm. just like, I don't know what the judges are going to do. It's like, they were all killer. You know what I mean? And so, I mean, I think a lot of that happened at McCurdy's because there were some heavy hitters at McCurdy's uh, this weekend. Yeah, that's what, I mean, you know, we've had the CEO of World Series on several times. And like the most recent one, I think he was like, if you're, if you're submitting to this festival to win, it's like, then don't bother. It's like, it's yeah. really hard to win. Like, it's great yeah. for networking and getting quality stage time and getting that feedback and meeting other great comics, but it's it's hard to win. That's why I was so jazzed for even you yeah. winning. You're saying you didn't win the whole thing, but like you won a round because it's, yeah. you know, you've, you've been hammering away at this. You know what I mean? So for to sure. see your think, picture in the email, I was just like, yeah. yeah I, mean, I, think, I think for me, like just like, at first, the goal was, okay, I want to win a couple of like, you know, because when you're starting out, you're not winning all of them, right? And mm -hmm. like your tape 
kind of moves you into certain places within the World Series. I just wanted to win and perform the best, right? And so I felt good about like my performance. And I think what it is, like, I just like really got it down to like, okay, and from a showcase set, how do I get the most laughs in this set? And working on that and sort of just like hitting those things, like really like I would say is what helped me get to where I was this weekend is like just perform the show like do the thing that you do best and just like hit it um and so i think that's that's the big thing for me is i am not worried about winning the contest i just want to kill on every single stage that i'm on that's the key for me that's um, and i'd probably say that's only been in the last like two years dude like i think the first couple of years i was in the world series it's like i'm trying to win i'm trying to win i'm trying to win and then I recognized that that just was not fruitful at all. You like squeeze it and you end up suffocating it. And it takes yeah. the fun out of it too. And it takes the fun out of it. And that's the other thing I think is super important. Man, you just, you just got to have fun. Like at the end of the day, yeah. performing in front of people, right? And I think when I go in like, oh, I'm just performing my hot five minutes. Let's go. Like that shift for me always does well. Um, and the audience feels it. The judges feel it. I mean, there's been times where I felt like I've performed and I felt very robotic of just saying the jokes versus like performing versus like actually being in it. And I think that's important to mm -hmm. actually be in it. Amen. Yeah. And Jeff Cohn said he's going to be at the punchline show on Friday, the late one at 10. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. And Jeff murdered, by the way, if you guys oh, don't know Jeff, good. A dude murdered the stage. Yeah, I watched the show. It was amazing. Well Jeff. done, buddy. That's exciting. Yeah, we'll have to connect. I'll definitely have an early show on Friday, but I'll, I should be able to pull up to the late one. Um, yeah. What? I don't want to say the comedian's name, but there was a comedian at the punchline this past weekend. I don't y'all can go on the calendar and look at it. I don't want to say anything negative. I respect his business and what he's done, but it was not great. And he did 35 minutes <laughs> and it was cause I never want to disparage anyone that gets on that stage. Like you standing on that stage sure. is more than most people would ever do in their life. The fact you're up there means you're conquering a fear that the majority of the world has, but yeah. like, I went just to see what it was all about, and I was just like, all right, wow. Wow. Yeah. 35 yeah. minutes. But anyway, I don't want to end on a negative they, note. It just made me think of that yeah, when you're talking about the punchline. So they did 35 minutes, and it was boo-boo? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. And I was asked, I asked the club beforehand, like, how, how, because I know he has a reputation, and I was just like, oh, how, how's he doing, how the show's been going, and all this, and it was all positive. And I was like, oh, cool. And then, like, 20 minutes in, I'm, like, stress-eating a cookie from the diner. Like, I can't handle this right now. It was, it was rough. I, I relapsed on sugar. That's how bad it was. Um, oh. Yeah. I know. I know exactly. I, I know exactly who it is that you're talking about. But I, I yeah. respect his hustle, and I really want to see his stand-up, like, to see what it was about. And it really, it really was what Reddit says, and I really hated that. But, um... It's all positive. I respect anyone that gets on that stage. So I don't want to end on a negative note. I don't want to end on a negative note. I, I respect all <laughs> comics. Um, 
for sure. Actually, but, you got shows coming up this week. What you got this week? Yes. Well, I'll be at the World Series shows at the Punchline. And that's, is that Wednesday and Thursday? Friday, Saturday? Yeah. Uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Yeah. And then um, I have a show in, I'm in Atlanta on Friday. I have a show. It just says on the calendar, Kenny Atlanta show. So I'll have to look at the details on what that one is. Um, and I'll be at the punchline Friday, this late show. And then Bobby and I are okay. doing, uh, with Joyce Lyles, another hot breather, Tamagram, another hot breather. We're doing in Villa Rica. We're performing at, uh, Hickston brewing in Villa Rica. So that's exciting. And, um, before that I'll be doing a fundraiser show. Nice. That I'm very excited about as well here here in Atlanta. So yeah, I'm in Atlanta this weekend, and then like next weekend, um, you and I are doing a um, a country club. I'll actually be going to Austin for a few days next weekend, and awesome. early May I'll be up in like the Virginia area for peeps that want to holla. Nice, that's awesome. Yeah, it was, I have. Uh... I've got a. Uh, I'll be on the Punchline show Thursday, which is the nineteenth. Let's um, go. Sorry, 20th, the twentieth. I'll be on the twentieth. But the World Series, please come out to the World Series if you can. It's on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Yeah, for I'll sure. Be on Thursday show. Thursday show is at eight, um, and then, uh, and hopefully I'll be able to get on the Saturday shows. Uh, but if not. I literally have a show on Saturday if I don't make it uh, in nice. Roswell. And then I also have a show Friday night with uh, some local comedians as well, which I think is also a fundraiser. So I think it's a private event. Um, oh, with another comic. So, yeah. And that's so, yeah, like we, we working. We bookable. You know, we, we, we open to be sure. booked, y'all. So holla at <laughs> us. Let's work. I, I think that's like one of the other lesson um, probably recently. Not recently, but like, just know that it doesn't always have to be a comedy club that you're working at. Like, mm -hmm. comedy clubs don't have the chokehold on comedy. There's so many different places you can perform comedy. I think uh, Dave uh, Schwinson last week mentioned that of just like, you know, there's so many different venues, like so many different, you know, Toastmasters and different places and fundraisers that you can just do go do comedy. And they're looking for comedians, especially clean comedians who are willing to work. And so just know that you don't have to be subjugated to just the comedy club atmosphere to do comedy. Yep. Exactly. And there's nothing wrong with the comedy clubs. Just know that they're not the only ones doing comedy though. Exactly. Amen. Yeah. A lot of talk about producing your own shows this week. So hopefully maybe that'll inspire some people to give it a go, create their own Absolutely. opportunities. But that is it yeah. for this week, man. We do this live stream every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern yay, time. Yay, yay, yay. And Steve yay, asked if yay. it was T.I. that I saw. It was not T.I. It was not T.I. No. <laughs> he's like a comedian. I mean, he has like a podcast. He has several podcasts. He's very successful. Yeah. Um, yeah. I shouldn't even the brought break. it up. I was just thinking of Punchline, and I was like, I want to say it out loud because I was, I was rooting for him. I really was. Yeah. yeah. But... And it's, so it's okay to say that it was not what you expected. And There's that night, wrong. it could have been an off show as well. Like, could listen, have, 
Absolutely. We all have off shows. The fact they even oh. brought it up, I hope I didn't just manifest one of those for myself <laughs> just based on karma. Listen, everyone has for off sure. nights. It was yeah. late Mercury Saturday. Be in yeah. great this weekend. So, you know, just, just make sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do the World Series. like, oh, this is what Joel's about. Oh. <laughs> no, I love... I love you all, and I love comedy, and I love doing this, and I love you all for listening and sharing the show. And hopefully we'll yeah. see you all next week during the live stream. For sure. Yeah, it was a good good week, man. Let's get it. Amen. We'll go forth, Hot breath of verse. Angels on y'all. As Bobby said in the comments, yes. What's good? Wait. Angels on y'all. Angels on y'all. Y'all have a good week, Hot breath of verse. We'll see you all next week. Bye, y'all. Color. Dab. Hot Breath. This episode of Hot Breath is sponsored by our Patreon. If any of our content has helped your comedy career, join our Patreon linked in the show notes and get positive comedy karma for life. Probably.